0: Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for The Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. Sorry, I missed you yesterday. One of my kids came down sick, so I was on daddy duty all day. But we'll make it up to you with this episode. We got a special guest, Ed Ashton from ESPN.com will join us to talk Florida football. Ed's gonna give us his thoughts on what the Gators have accomplished so far this season, the play of quarterback Kyle Trask, what the Gators need to do to beat the Georgia Bulldogs, and what a win in that rivalry game could mean for Dan Mullen's program Here was my conversation with Ed this week. now joined by Ed
1: Ashton from ESPN.com to discuss Florida's football season to this point, where the Gators are at in the bye week and and where they go from here. Ed, welcome into the show. And, man, with where this Gators team is at right now, another top ten ranking. They've gotten some big wins this season, and and they're now getting some respect from national media. It it almost feels like where they were at back when you were covering this team.
2: This – This season and this team kind of reminds me of that 06 national championship team. And I'm not saying that this team won a national championship or even make it to Atlanta for the SEC title game, but the offense has been kind of up and down, just kind of a grinded out team, Uh, really good defense. You lose a tough game uh, on the road to a West opponent that people looked at at the time, and I still think LSU toward the end of the season will be an SEC, and national championship contender. When you talk to people around that program uh, last year, the two things that I was told before the Kentucky game was, can't lose your star corner, can't lose to Kentucky. And they did both of those things. um, And bounced back to, to come back and go down early against South Carolina, grind it out, and then just put up 21 points in the fourth quarter I think, is a turning point for this team and this program because it shows how far this team has come from a mental aspect and how far this offense has really come. I mean, Kyle Trask did not play well until late in that game. I mean, the ball was coming off his hands weird. Uh, he was not finding open guys. He he looked like the quarterback that so I think a lot of people expected him to look like consistently when you haven't started a game since your freshman year as a JV quarterback in high school. Um, and they fought through adversity. And I'll give I'll I'll say this about Dan Mullen. Like you haven't seen the consistent offense that everyone kind of expected, but try to find another team with a coach that's just gotten there that's been better coached week in and week out than what Dan Mullen has done with Florida. And for the way that he has approached the use of Kyle Trask and it would have been really easy to go to Emory Jones to just kind of get that running game going get Trask on the sideline, let him cool down, and he kept with it. Dan Mullen, I know that we give him a ton of credit, but I just don't know if he'll ever get the credit he
1: really deserves unless he wins a national championship. You take me right to my next question, and, and this is kind of more specifically geared toward his quarterback development, and look, I know it's early, the season's not even over yet, so, you know, Kyle Trask, hasn't even finished a, a full year as the starter. But he's clearly been, the story of his team, one of the best stories in college football. And and I think about what he's done since he took over. I mean, he set the school record for passing completions. He throws for 300 yards, you know, one of the few quarterbacks to do that since 2010. And then the last game, first quarterback to throw four TDs on the road in the on the road since Tebow in 07. Moan's done a lot of great things with quarterbacks, over the years. I mean, the guys that he's taken and success that he's had, in your opinion, Ed, where does what he's accomplished so far with Kyle Trask kind of rank up there with some of the other quarterbacks and success that he's had? I think it's still early because I want to see
2: what he does as the season progresses. I want to see what he does against Georgia because that's now the biggest game of the season. I want to see what he does against Florida State. If he makes it to Atlanta, I want to see what he does against LSU or Alabama. And the reason I say that is because they have not had to put Kyle Trask in a lot of bad situations yet, even against LSU. Like, I think that that was Dan Mullen's best coach game since he's been at Florida, and the Michigan game was outstanding. But to go on the road with me playing quarterback, essentially, for Florida and to put it in his hands, knowing that you've got to get a running game going and to put it all on Kyle Trask so early and so often and the way that they schemed up against LSU's defense was just spectacular. I mean, if Kyle Trask doesn't throw that bad interception in the end zone, who knows what that score is? Who knows what Florida's able to do in the last few minutes? There were some questionable things, you know, bringing Emory out after LSU had scored, but I get it. You want to get the running game going a little bit. I still think that just what he was able to do and all the pressure that Trask was able – undertake was was pretty impressive i'll say this about him like the moment that he came in against kentucky it didn't look like the moment was too big you would have thought that he had played in that offense and on that team as a starter for a really long time like he looks like a veteran quarterback out there now he's he's had some issues with awareness i mean the auburn game was just totally off I mean, that, that they should have won that game 31 38 to nothing but he had some bad fumbles in that game where he just did not pick up the pressure yeah. Damon has done a really good job of coaching him through that kind of stuff without voting on. He's made sure that the big mistakes are talked to not necessarily on a smaller level, but a very detailed level. Like you see the interactions that they have on the sideline. And then against South Carolina, like he let him have it. He was like, Look, you're missing open guys and you decide if you're gonna throw or run the ball. And I think that the coaching that he's done with him has been really good and really progressive in the last few weeks. But I want to see what happens against Georgia because now this is the biggest game. I think Dan Mullen's short tenure at Florida, and I think it's a program-defining game for them because, you know, all this talk of what they've been able to do with players development-wise in season, like they've got to recruit at a higher level. So to win this game I think sends a huge message to a lot of those recruits that they're still looking at. And if Florida wins this game, they're in the driver's seat for the SEC East. For the first time since McElwain was there, say what you will about the division, but a bet this is a better team than what Jim McElwain ever had. This is a team that, if they make it to Atlanta, could could beat LSU, could beat Alabama. Like they 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 have coached well enough that they have the players put in the right position on offense and certainly on defense to win an SEC title. And I don't think that anybody has said that about Florida seriously since Urban Meyer was there. I mean, smith The the 2013 season with with Will Muschamp was great, but it is totally different to see what they're doing on offense and what they're doing on defense. You haven't seen this kind of balance since Irvin was there. So, I know I kind of went on a tangent outside of what he's done with the quarterback position, but if you can get Kyle Trask to win this game, because he's going to have to, like – the, the the offensive line isn't just going to magically in two weeks be better at run blocking, especially against a really good, really athletic Georgia front. So it's going to have to come down to him, and Dan Mullen has had no problem doing that. And I don't know when the last time you could really say that a head coach at Florida was able to go, hey, I need 300 yards passing out of you, and that's what I'm going to go for. Like Jeff Driscoll was not consistent enough to do that. Um, The myriad of quarterbacks that Florida has had since Pentebo have not been consistent enough to do that. And as well as Felipe Franks played in the latter part of last season and in the bowl game, Kyle Trask fits this passing first offense that Dan Mullen has had to concoct this season because they just cannot run the ball consistently. Yeah,
1: that's great points. You mentioned that one good year with Mustang. That was actually 2012. 2012, the, yeah. yeah. As soon <laughs> as
2: I said that, that, I was like, year. was I in the Sugar Bowl in 2012? I think I was thinking 2013 actual year
1: of being yeah, in, the in the Sugar Bowl. But, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, yeah.
2: and side story, Florida needs to bring back the blue tops and orange bottoms. I don't care what anybody says. Like, if they're going to wear those ugly orange tops, they have to wear the beautiful orange bottoms. See, like,
1: I, I, I actually like, like,
2: like that combo.
1: I like it, too. I, I don't know who makes those decisions. I feel like sometimes they get into these games, and then they wear them, and if they lose, they, like, shelve them and won't we'll ever put them on. Because I think in that game against Louisville, they hadn't worn that uniform combo since 1999 against Florida State at home, and they lost and that lost game. And lost that game, yep. So it's just like it was. it's the same thing, like, with the all-white. Like, they brought out the all-white against Alabama in 09, and then they lost, and it's like we didn't see it again. Like, that's a great uniform combo. I think Dan Mullen doesn't care. He just he, he rolls them all out. I do want to ask you about the defense, As obviously they started the season really strong. I, I, I like the '06 6 comparison. I, I've said that before. You know, they got a two-quarterback system, a really elite defense. You know, there, there's kind of some similarities there with that. However, the last two weeks, they haven't been playing at that same level defensively because they're missing their their two starting defensive ends. What do you think about those guys being out and how Todd Grantham, I mean, it seems like he's almost had to kind of coach scared a little bit just because they haven't been able to get any pass rush without those guys.
2: I think the without pass rushers and a Todd Grantham defense, it is really hard for him to do what he wants to do. He wants to be really multiple. He wants to be exotic. He wants to be aggressive at the right moment. Like, we used to see a lot of blitzing on third down. Like, everyone <laughs> has made the joke third and Grantham because of how aggressive he used to be on third down. But now he's kind of pulling off. And he was even doing that when Grenard, when Zuniga were both in. Um, but you, the advantage that you have when those guys are on the field and you don't bring pressure is that the offense is going to say, okay, that guy's coming. One of those guys is coming, and when they don't, it changes everything that you want to do on that play because you've engineered your quarterback and your offensive line to be prepared to to go up against some sort of pass rush, and that's what, the, that's what Tiger Anthem has been so good about this year with a defense that certainly is really athletic, two top corners, out there, but didn't doesn't have the depth that an elite SEC defense has. Sure. And so he's got to coach toward that. When you lose your two best pass rushers, you become so vanilla, and there's only so much that you can do. And I know that, you know, Grantham loves to put his corners on an island, and he's got two guys who can do it, but they have struggled here and there, especially with tackling and on one-on-one situations. I mean, look at the LSU game. That – that is the game that you look at. If you say you're DBU, you've got to play the two best receivers in the SEC better than they did. And, and I think that guys held their own here and there. The mix-up with Miller, and, and I think it was Henderson on that big touchdown to Jamar Chase, certainly skews the stats. But one-on-one, LSU won that battle. And yeah. if you're Florida, you come out of there looking your wounds, but you've got a big test against a Georgia team that doesn't have the receivers that LSU has but has a quarterback in Jake Fromm who has struggled the last two weeks but is looked at as a top-ten pick in next year's NFL draft. So I think this is a perfect bounce-back opportunity for them. The South Carolina game, they play really well against the pass. Granted, Helensky made some really bad throws uh, in that game, and who knows if he's on on those, how the structure of that game plays out later on. But they've got to be able to stop the run. I think if you're Florida... This is a tougher name because Georgia can run the ball really, really well. And when you look at the LSU game, you focus so much on the pass and you give up 200 yards rushing. Now it's tough because, all right, you focus so much on the run, but now you still have an elite quarterback in Jake Fromm who can make the best. He, he can make every throw that you need him to. So th- this one, if you don't have your pass rushers at 100%, completely
1: changes what they can do on defense. Definitely. And obviously we've talked a lot about this rivalry game. It's it's the matchup everyone's had circled on their calendar, certainly the Florida Gators have. Um, when, you, when you look at this game that's, that's going to happen next week, what do you feel like are, are some of the key factors for Florida to get a win, for Georgia to get a win? And, and, and really, what's the hell's been going on with Jay Fraud, man? 35 <laughs> yards passing. Is this the coordinator change? I mean, it doesn't look like Georgia is – at least the last two weeks, appeared to be the team everyone thought.
2: Well, I asked Kirby Smart about that this week, and he said that, look, in in the South Carolina game, they threw the ball a lot because they felt like they had a lot of opportunities to throw the ball in that South Carolina defense and that there were throws that could have been made and should have been made that weren't. And he said, look, that's timing, that's chemistry, that's also South Carolina's defense playing really well, especially in the secondary, and how they were able to get to Jake Fromm with four defenders. And Wilma Schamp told me, put pressure on him. That changes the whole complexion of what he can do throwing the football. And when you don't have that one elite receiver, that go-to guy, it kind of hamstrings your defense or your offense when pressure is coming. Who is that guy that you can consistently get the ball to? Um, And I think that they've got, you know, George Pickens, he's a guy who can turn into him, but he's got to get his route run down. He's just a true freshman. He's a crazy freak athlete but he still has a ways to go as far as becoming a complete football player and a complete receiver. Um, and then again, Kentucky, conditions aren't great. Kentucky's defense, I think, is really underrated, um, and they were able to run the ball. Uh, but at the same time, there have just been some chemistry issues and timing issues with Fromm and these receivers against better defenses. And now you're going up against a Florida defense that's going to try and give him a ton of different looks, especially if they're healthy, uh, with Grenard and Zuniga, and I think that's going to be an issue for them. But if you can run the football, which LSU and South Carolina did, it opens up so much more, and I think it puts Florida on their heels. Um, I, I think the key in this game is can Florida do what they did against LSU and win a back-and-forth game? Because I I think that regardless of this, Florida's two best pass rushers play, they're not going to be at 100%. Um, and the younger guys have just not proven that they can be those consistent disruptors when it comes to getting in the quarterback space. So they're going to have to come off the field. And I think Georgia's going to run the ball, and I think they're going to throw the ball better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. It's a rivalry game. They're going to have two weeks. Jake Fromm is the king of bouncing back in big games. Um, But Florida's got to hold their own on offense, and I think that they can do it. Uh, The offensive line has done really well in pass-blocking situations, and I don't think that they're afraid of saying, hey, if we have to throw the ball five times to every one rush, we're going to do it. Like, I think that that's Dan Mullen's kind of M.O. right now because that's what he has to do, and Trask has been so good at having those short-to-intermediate passes and then taking a shot every once in a while, but they really banged up LSU's defense and exploited South Carolina's by dinking and dunking and then – Taking a couple of shots, so I, I, I think this is going to be a back and forth game. I, I think that this is going to be kind of like that 07 game where both those teams are going to score. Points. As good as their defenses are, I think that both of these offenses can be really efficient when it matters.
0: Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com/locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games, or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you the Mealy Pop Shop located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL Weekly Pick'em is free and fun, with weekly prizes and a season-long prize So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. We're speaking with Ed Ashoff from ESPN.com. Final
1: things for you, Ed. If Florida can find a way to get a win against Georgia, there's already been some folks that have come out nationally and said that they think that the Gators are the best one-loss team in the country. Kirk Herbstreit, Pollock, and a few other guys. I mean, for Florida to even be in this conversation to where they have a chance to be the best team in the SEC East, they can beat a Georgia team that has a roster full of five stars when Florida doesn't have any, what does that just say about Dan Mullen where he's gotten the Gators to this point, that they could be a college football playoff contender? Because you mentioned the success that they had with with McElwain and going to Atlanta, but, but this is different. Like, Florida's a legit contender this season.
2: There wasn't a team that really challenged them in the SEC East when McIlwain won those two titles. And, and look, you can't take it away from them. And the coaching job that they were able to do, considering how hamstrung they were at the quarterback position and with the offense, like, I know that fans don't like how things kind of transpired and certainly how it ended with Jim McIlwain, but he did something that even Urban Meyer didn't do. Um. or, well, 08, no, 09, but since Urban Meyer is what I meant to say. And I think that you can't underestimate, or, or you, can, you, can, you can underappreciate what he did, but you can't take away the fact that when was the last time that you looked at Florida and Atlanta back to back years? And it was with one of the most successful coaches in college football history. What Dan Mullen has done, if he can take them to Atlanta with what Georgia is, with, Some of the – Tennessee is down, but South Carolina is playing better football than I think people kind of expected this season. Kentucky is a team that, as long as Mark Stoops is there, they're going to be a consistent eight-to-maybe nine-win team here and there. The East is better, and to do what they're doing with a roster that was just so mentally burned out after Jim McElwain was gone is impressive. I think that they've got to get over that Georgia hump. And if you do that and you don't let up against Vanderbilt the week after and you don't let up on the road against a Missouri team that has owned Florida the last few years, then you're taking the right steps. And it's still – the thing that I always have to tell people whenever they ask me, you know, what's up with Florida's offense? Why did they look so sloppy against Miami? Oh, they only scored 38 points against Townsend. Like, at the end of the day, this is a second-year coach – at a program that was not nationally relevant for almost a decade. I mean, regardless of what Jim McElwain did, like this program was not a team that you legitimately thought of as an SEC contender or a national championship contender since Urban Meyer left. Um, And so Cursive is needed. Like he still doesn't have his real players and he's still dealing with some guys who – when things got bad, they got really bad mentally for that team. And it's not an overnight switch for a lot of those guys. I mean, the success that they had at the end of last season certainly helped, but you still need to get through a lot more to totally get over that. And I think the South Carolina game was a great example of a step forward, still in a second year with a head coach that has barely been there. So – I'm sure fans will be up in arms if Florida doesn't look great against Georgia and, you know, they drop another game and, you know, they have three losses this year. But when you look at the big picture, this program has taken so many steps forward under Dan Mullen that if he doesn't make it to Atlanta this year, that is fine. Like, he has done enough to show that this program is moving in the right direction.
1: No doubt. And then final question for you, Ed. Obviously, by week, I think Scott Strickland having some fun on Twitter – Spice things a little bit up, basically putting out a call to other ADs, trying to get some home-and-home series scheduled. And he got some responses. I mean, two top five teams, Clemson and Oklahoma's AD, reached out. First of all, what do you think about Strickland being proactive like this, trying to make these matchups happen, and just Florida doing the work and and going out of conference and strengthening their schedule? I think it's fantastic.
2: I think that I love Nick Saban's idea of the power five to play the power five. And I I totally understand the group of five and the issues that they've had with the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, and then dropping into you know a lower level with FCS opponents. I think at the end of the day, if you want to bring back fans into the stadiums, if you want more eyes on your television sets, you've got to play these kind of games. And neutral sites are fun. Like, I think they're a great way to start the season. But home and homes bring you more money – And there's – it's a chance for the players. Like, we're supposed to be doing this for the players. It is a chance for future Florida players to go to Norman and see what it's like to play in Oklahoma or go to the other Death Valley in Clemson or maybe go to Notre Dame one day. Like, the fact that they're going to play Colorado and Utah is great. Like, I think that you should see more of that every single season. More home and homes are just better for the sport. And I think it's great – because we've heard all this debate about, well, you know, the playoff is destroyed what the regular season means and the importance of every game, but now you're seeing better games year in, year out. Like LSU going to Texas. Like, we should see these games every single year. The Power Five should not be – excuse me, should not be afraid to play the Power Five in these big kind of matchups that, yes, could totally derail your se- your season if you lose, but – it is so much better for the student-athletes and so much better for the fans to see top programs playing each other. And I think, you know, I saw a USC reporter who's like, this is the first thing that USC's new AD should do is call up Scott Strickland and say, come out to LA and we'll go to Gainesville.
1: You mean Jeremy Foley?
2: <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, but I, I, I think that this is this is such a great thing. And I love that. The fact that Scott Strickland was able to do it in a public forum and then have other ADs respond, now, it's, now it puts the onus on them. It's like, look, Florida, who has been, and rightfully so, just demolished with what they've done with their non-conference schedule in the last 20 years, or 20-plus years, for them to be like, look, we are ready to get out of the state of Florida to go play somebody. And they're, they've proven it with the games that they have. Like, the onus is on now these other ADs. Like, let's go Oklahoma, (laughs) let's go USC, let's go Clemson. Like, that should be priority number one for all these 80s over the next few months is to figure out ways to make every season tougher and every season better for everyone who's watching.
1: Well, uh, Ed, man, really appreciate the time and perspective. And and who knows, man, maybe in uh, five years you'll be covering Meyer versus Mullen at USC?
2: Uh, We'll see. Well, we'll see if, if if it even gets to that point.
1: Always good to hear from you, man, and make sure you enjoy the time off this week, and we'll catch up with you later.
2: Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me.
0: That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. Appreciate Ed for joining us on the show today. On tomorrow's show, we'll get into some more bi-week talk and what the Gators need to do to get ready for the Bulldogs, and we'll also bring you some comments from the players on Wednesday. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.